I'm just a guy that wants to just have fun. Let me create a space for that. And I know, I know if I do that properly, amazing shit will come out of this. I get bored really fast. I think that's both a good and bad thing. Now, some people get bored and they give up. I don't really get bored and give up. I'm like, I get bored and like, okay, like what needs to change here? I don't know, to me, it's it's just a story. It's a story that anybody can attach themselves to. That's how I see it. I truly just believe Build Space is just a different path from college. It's a space for you to figure out your own idea. What do you think it was that made it work for you? I think the biggest thing is I always gave everybody the ability to change their future. Farza, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm excited to have you here. What's up? So you're the founder of BuildSpace, which is a school that's had over 100,000 students globally. You've hosted events all across the world. You're backed by A16Z, Y Combinator, Founders Inc. And we're sitting in your school in Fort Mason, which is really well designed. I think it's one of the best design spaces I've ever been in. Um, but when you were 13, you went to go get a job as a sign spinner at a gym and you went home and your dad was actually angry because he said you could be so much more than that. Are your parents part of the reason that you decided to become a founder? Yeah, I guess like, so I mean, that story is like very much in my brain. Yeah, at 13, I got that job spinning a sign. My friend Uzair actually got it for me because he was spinning the sign. Okay. And I was like, this is so sick because I, I would go to the gym with Uzair anyways and uh, we just hang out there, right? But then, um, yeah, dad never let me get it. And uh, I remember like a couple of weeks after that happened, I was really mad at him for a while, but then I saw him um, giving away these clothes uh, uh, to charity. And I, I noticed that these clothes could potentially be sold on eBay because I was browsing eBay a lot back then. And uh, yeah, I mean, started selling clothes on eBay, but no, dad has always pushed me a lot to think for myself. Cause I think my dad would always say, my dad's a car sales guy, a uh, finance guy. Um, on at like a normal car dealership. So he was a sales guy for a long time, my whole life growing up. And um, yeah, I just think he would always tell me that you don't want to do this. You don't want to do what I'm doing. He would always tell me that. So yeah, he would always like push me all the time. Um, and always almost like train me, you know, to think entrepreneurially, always supporting my entrepreneurial journeys, like everything. So yeah, shout out to my dad. <laughs> and then to talk about your relationship with your mom, it's actually interesting. The first conversation we ever had was almost a year and a half ago. You were actually the one of the first people that I talked to when I came to F-Inc. Because you came up to me, you were like, I've never seen you before. What are you working on? And I was like, oh, working on this like startup. I kind of pitched it to you. You were like, huh, are you still in school? I was like, yeah. You were like, you should drop out. And I was like, what? Like, I just, I've been talking to this guy for like, maybe like 30 seconds, 40 seconds up at that point. You were like, drop out. So I was like, oh, this guy must be like interesting. I kind of seen him before on Twitter. Did you drop out? You're like, no, I finished. I was like, huh? And you were like, my mom wanted me to. That's the only valid reason that you should finish school. <laughs> and that was just like an interesting kind of yeah. story. A lot of people have reasons for going to college. And uh, I, I think there's only certain good reasons. You know, I think one, one re my reason being like, it was my mom's wish for it to happen. So it's like, oh, like, you know, you've invested 18 years into me. Like I can do this for you, you know? So I never had a problem with it um, and no regret there. But yeah, I think there's a lot of bad reasons to go to college too that people go for. What are some of those bad reasons? I think the biggest bad reason is because they want a place to figure it out. And I don't know if paying an institution, a for-profit institution money is the best way to figure it out. Really? Um, 
college is one place you can potentially figure things out, but I don't know. Do you, are you just doing it because it's the way everyone else does it? Or do you truly believe with all your being that this is the place that I want to figure it out? I think very few will believe that. Will believe that. I think there's something we've talked about, which is one of the interesting things about college is you're thrown into this environment with a bunch of other people your age who are also figuring it out. And something about those interactions is what actually helps you figure things out in a way that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Yeah, I mean, I always tell, I always challenge people on that. I was like, do you really believe you can't gather 10 other people just like you and, ha- and hang out with them every single day and do something that you really enjoy? Um, or do you believe you're just doing college and going there because it's easier because everyone else is doing Because at the end of the day, even me, I told my mom when I was 18, I'm not going to college. Um, I'm not going. At the time, I was already making really good money um, every single month. I had no reason. Um, but uh, um, mom wanted me to go and I was cool with it. But my plan after college, my plan if I didn't go to college was just, I was going to get my own place in, in uh, South Florida and I was going to bring a bunch of people like me and just... Um, I make them my roommates. I wanted like a, a, a house with 10 people when I was 18. Now I don't want that, right? Okay. But when I was 18, I was like, I'm gonna get 10 people who are also, you know, selling stuff on eBay, doing cool stuff online, and I'm gonna put them in the same house together. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna spend time together. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be friends. And so at that point, you were doing e-commerce. I think you had mentioned that your company was doing like $100,000 or had already done $100,000 and you were like 16 or 17. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing with all the money at that point? All the money, yeah. Uh, the like money- my margins were 5%. No, the money was good. It was really good margins. Um, I had a very specific type of product I was selling okay. uh, from a very specific supplier, okay. and uh, it was it was a blank it was a, t- a type of blank DVD, and uh, I was the main guy on the market that everybody wanted to buy from because I offered these really good discount codes as well. I did a bunch of things that all the other people on eBay wouldn't do because I'm just 15, 16, so I don't really know the rules. Yeah, you were selling blank DVDs. Blank DVDs. I bought. I definitely bought it. What do you mean? <laughs> I would buy like thousands on eBay. No way. Why? Because I print. I put. Yeah. I'd, download movies legally yeah and i'd legally. burn them on the discs and then i'd i'd give them to like my friends and family no way there yeah. you go yeah i mean everyone oh, that's had great what was the name it was called clothing house now that was the name of the whole I, business i might have bought it from you, <laughs> that's insane but yeah that's 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 what i was doing yeah not sure what i was talking about but yeah that's what i was doing so so you did that but you still decided to go to college kind of just for your mom's sake yeah still decided to go um mom was a big reason from the start and um and yeah, I still decided to go and make the best of it. You know, I went to UCF. Uh, it was funny. I got onto all the some really good colleges like Georgia Tech, UC Chicago, Berkeley. No you got then, to Berkeley too. Yeah, but mom wouldn't let me go like too far from her. <laughs> um, so she's like, you got to be in like a three hour radius of me. Bro, the amount of people that had the same Yeah, story. and at the time I wasn't- Was she a tiger mom? Is that what- Not really. Mom? My mom didn't have that many rules for me. I was I had a very free childhood, but uh, my mom wants certain things. I respect those few things, you know? Um, same with my dad. They don't ask much of me. So one of her things was, I want you nearby me until like, I know for sure that you're an adult and you're good. And uh, I guess they didn't want to see their sweet kid turning into something else. Mm. So they're <laughs> like, you know, you're going to UCF then. So UCF at the time was like rank 180 trash school. No way. And uh, it what was, did you do in college then? I entered, the I entered as a film major. Nice. Yeah, I entered as a film major. But, and yeah, I ended up as a computer science guy, but. Yeah. Was that while you were in school? Did you make that shift or were you just kind of messing around while you were no, in school? No, I, I started on the film program, but then my main, you have to understand this is a huge school, 40,000, 50,000 people, not even ranked that highly. Um, not exactly like, not everyone's not exactly like a killer per se, you yeah. know? And for me, I was always like, I want to do everything the best way I can. I don't know why, but that's what it was for me. And uh, I go to the film program and I was like, I'm going to, I, I want to be Christopher Nolan. I want to be Christopher Nolan potentially. Like that was what I was, that was, that was my mentality. Why Christopher Nolan? Nolan? I just love Christopher Nolan. Nolan. I yeah. love Nolan growing up. And um, I was like, I love just 
I just like Christopher Nolan a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, my goal going to film school was I want to potentially meet Nolan, work with him, maybe make something better than him. So when I, when I got to film school, everyone was just like kind of just smoking weed, watching movies. And I was like, yeah. okay, I don't A, smoke weed. That, I don't smoke weed at all. And B, um, I don't really want to watch movies all day either. Like, can we make movies? There's nothing wrong with smoking weed and watching movies, but yeah. like, can we make movies though? And I go to my professor and they're like, you don't make movies to a year two. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm really? done. And then I remember I did a survey. I went to every class in, in my college, almost every class from various uh, schools. Um, and the computer science kids were the ones who were doing stuff from day one. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this computer science nonsense is, um, but I think I can become really good at it. And uh, I think I can make stuff day one. <laughs> um, and that's the reason I joined CS. Like that's the only reason. Oh wow. Yeah, because the they were actually doing stuff like in the first week. Interesting. So yeah. did CS too. Yeah, I did yeah. CS. And uh, that's actually an interesting thing that I wanted to talk about. You have a very interesting point of view when it comes to education because Built Space used to be a program for on- online like homeschoolers. And then now it's almost this like alternate route to college, or like alternate route to what happens after college. For me, I went through homeschool. I went through a dual enrollment when I was in high school. I didn't end up finishing college. And so like, I have all these kind of like my own thoughts of like what worked because I can kind of see it between myself and my friends, things that we did differently just by not being in a, like a public school that directly worked out for us. Right now, would you say college is broken? What's broken about it? Um, I don't think college is broken. And that's why I also don't really call Build Space like a college alternate or like a gap year thing. I truly just believe Build Space is just a different path from college. Um, you can go to college, um, but you can also potentially do something like Build Space where it's a space for you to figure out your own idea, right? So that's how I always say, people always say like, oh, like, is this an alternate that my 18 year old can do? It's like, yeah, but also you can do it too, dad or mom. Like, I'm sure mom, you have an idea mm-hmm. or hey, dad of person, you have an idea, I'm sure. Um, turns out they do. <laughs> um, so it's like, oh, you're 50. There's no reason you can't pursue this path either. No reason, right? Um, lower chance because of different things. Your life is a much more complex than the life of an 18 year old. But mm. no, I mean, honestly, I don't think, I don't think like college is broke. College is broken in different ways. Um, what are those ways? I think that the main thing, when you really look at like even my college, it was a great thing. Um, you go there, they promise to teach you certain things about a certain industry and then you leave. In that sense, college is, it's good. <laughs> it's good. You go to learn electrical engineering, you'll likely come out having learned more about electrical engineering, right? <laughs> um, now I think the problem is expectations. Like it's not gonna get you a job. So if they're to promise that, then yeah, it's broken. Or it's not gonna get you that next big gig or not gonna guarantee you X amount of cash. Um, so. I don't think so. Like a CS degree, wouldn't you get well, I think it's that's yeah. the student's fault then for entering uh, with that you. expectation. So it's like whoever created that narrative, which someone did in co- some I, I see what the you, college yeah. associations, they created this narrative that you come here and you get paid, you get mm-hmm. job, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. That's fu- that's messed up. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, college at its most pure form is is amazing. Um it's like you go there and you learn something new and you leave. And there's nothing else that happens that's supposed to happen after. You just learn to learn. Um so that's my philosophy of college at least. That's why I like it. And so when you look back on your four years or three years at, at UCF, what was the parts that stuck out? Were you like a social type? Did you go out a lot? Uh not then, no. I was a, I was always a, I was back then I was a pretty mean guy. Um You're mean? I was a very mean guy. Like, like now you like rude most, mean? What does that mean? Uh, as an asshole. Like I don't know how to say it. As an asshole, yeah. Like really? High ego asshole, yeah. What made you what gave you that? Was it like the success you had when you were younger? I don't know, man. I was just high ego asshole that always thought he was better than everyone. And um very different from me today, right? Um, but 
back then I was like, I know more than everybody. And yeah, maybe it was some of the success. Maybe it was always like everything I did, I always figured out. Um, that was my, my pattern. Um, so I don't know, something about it. And also, yeah, I was a lot less, I was not social at all. And I was all in on just like working on the thing that I thought was cool. Mm. Um, and nobody else understood me. You know, nobody else got it. Did you have a um, hard time like making friends and just- Yeah, very hard time. Yeah. Throughout high school, hard, hard time. Middle school, nothing. College, I got a little bit lucky with some roommates. Nice. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so shout out to those guys. Do you think your kind of lack of friends when you were younger is what gave you the time to actually pursue those things that you were interested in? I don't know. Like, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't look back at that time as, as any sadness, you know? Like, it was so fun for me. I had a lot of fun um, just doing my thing. And um, I made so many now friends in the long term. Like, Alec is one of my friends from college. Like, Alec I work with now, you know? Like, oh, really? Alec went to college with you? Yeah, went to UCF? Went to, went to UCF with me, yeah. That's he crazy. was at my first yeah. internship ever that I, he was there. Um, and it was just like, um, it's just funny. Like, yeah, I didn't have a, hard, a lot high quantity, Nothing like that, but like, yeah, the people that I remember, like, they really, they really did stick around. But no, I mean, I would not say that, uh, you know, you sacrifice your, like, I wasn't actively sacrificing my social life to work more. I just was just working more. I didn't understand what a social life really was. Like, I just didn't know. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't actively sacrifice your social life. If that, if you, that's, that sounds toxic to yourself. At the time, I was just lack of knowledge. I was like, oh, people hang out with each other and they go to drinking parties. That's what people do. But I didn't understand that. I was just like, what, what are you guys doing? I don't, what are you doing? You know, like, you, I don't would get Would you it. be there and you'd be looking at them and you'd be like, what no, are you man, doing? No, I, yeah, I lived in a, just to give you context, yeah. I lived in like a, not a party house, but we threw parties. Okay. There was always people coming over and it was like a really big house that I lived in um, with me and six other guys. And yeah, my computer station was in the main living room and pointing at a corner. <laughs> it was pointing at a corner in the wall. Dude was you know? the meme. I was always looking at a wall. You know, nothing. I knew nothing oh, around he's me. He's the dude in the, the, the corner. They, he's don't, like, know they don't know I'm yeah, building a future I'm of education. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sitting there and there's so many videos of me with the boys, you know, playing pink beer pong or like just fucking going crazy doing some shit. And I'm just in the corner, headphones on. I know nothing happening behind me. That's a good That's and that was like the boys and it's yeah. always just him in the corner. And, and you know, it's like Farza and then the boys. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was pretty bad growing. It was pretty bad, honestly. Like they didn't like that. But anyways, again, I, uh, there's some things I wish I did differently looking back at that time in college, but uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with the time. I just went to, a, I wish I went to a better college. That's for one. Interesting. Uh, UCF, please. UCF. Yeah. Imagine if you, Fuck if you UCF. went to like Berkeley or Georgia Tech, you think this would have ended up differently? You know, what's really funny. I, I had a conversation with my dad about that. And I, I said, I think UCF was good for me because I wasn't surrounded by killers. I was surrounded by normal people. Yeah. Um, and it almost like let me become a little more normal in that sense. And it also gave me a lot more room to like gain confidence. Um, I feel like yeah. if I went straight to an MIT, straight for a Berkeley, I don't know if that like confidence is hard to build when you're surrounded by a bunch of high achiever killers. Mm. I'm not saying killers in the, in the sense that like they really want to succeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying kids at UCF don't want to succeed. It's just different. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it really helped my confidence uh, to be there. Such that when I came to San Francisco, I was like, I was extremely confident in myself um, like to a stupid degree, but it took yeah. so much time. I mean, you told him to drop out. Cool. Yeah, that's wild. You know what's interesting? You said that. I, I mean, I went to Berkeley for about two years and I watched my like some of my friends come into freshman year and we were all excited. Like some of us had like built our own like little companies before high school or we had like interesting internships. And so we all kind of thought we were smart yeah. and you kind of watch as some of them slowly over like the months of meeting other people and like 
kind of messing up on projects or doing worse on midterms than they thought they would. You see, you kind of watch like the confidence like drain. Yeah. Out. No, yeah, it sucks. It really does suck. And that's why I am thankful for uh, some aspects of the institution I went to. But again, looking back, I, I could have not gone and things would have panned out the same way. Truly. So you talked about how you had a few kind of quality friends. About five or six years ago, you met Furkan, who is the founder of Founders Inc. And there's this interesting story we talk about a lot, which is there were like five of you that were there. Sharif was one of them, you were there. And you all kind of started these companies, like just hacking on it together. Those like five companies are worth something like half a billion at this point. And it's only been four or five years. What do you remember from those like early days? How did it even come about? How did I meet Furkan or how did that happen? How did that like five person group kind of happen? It was how did very, you meet it was super simple. Um, it was just, um, uh, Furkan had a couple of people that he thought were making cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think Furkan's strength is he really knows how to find a good student. He knows who to put his time into. So Furkan kind of sought after, didn't sought after any of us, but, uh, we found Furkan and Furkan found us. And then we were both like, it was a very symbiotic kind of relationship, I think, for all of us. Mm. It was individual. Like, Furkan and Sharif would talk a lot. Furkan and, like, Jake Johnny would talk a lot. Furkan and me would talk a lot, you know? And um, eventually, Furkan's like, let me just bring these people together. And that's all it was. And that's when you all moved to SF. Um, at the time, we were all in various situations. But my first thing with Furkan was I came to San Francisco working a job, actually, a separate job. Oh, wow. And... Um, and uh, in that process, I was working on this augmented reality menu app and uh, <laughs> I showed it to, uh, what's so funny? We had Dillian on last week yeah. and, he, and built he was working augmented. on, he built the same app for oh, a hackathon project. And we were like, yo, why is everyone doing this? That's amazing, yeah. I remember right when ARK dropped, that's what I built. It's been like a trillion dollar idea. Why he is that not a so thing, sad. Bro. He was Why like, are all you guys built all of this, you but you could have just built that. Yeah, I mean, I spent a year and a half on it and I remember Furcon, I feel like I'm a, I'm a good vet of people like that I want to hang out with. And I remember I would always show people this idea and some of them would just trash it. Like I hate when people trash something. Yeah. Like I had nothing in me more wants to talk to them less. Um, I'll try to understand them, but I don't want to keep talking to them. I remember Furcon, I went to the YC too, like YC startup school. I would show all these partners what I was working on. Were you already in YC at the point? No, I was in startup school. Okay. They were doing like an IRL startup school thing. Nice. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to like wherever the fuck it is. I think it's like, um, I'm blanking, but it's like near Palo Alto, Mountain right? View. Mountain View, there you yeah. go. And um, I'd go there every week with Alec actually. And I'd show the partners and just nothing but get trashed on, nothing but get sad and go home. Furkan was the only guy where I showed it to him and he didn't make fun of it. He, he just the said- The biggest hater of them all didn't make fun <laughs> of it. No, Furkan, you know, I learned something from him. He, he just said, that's pretty cool. How's it going? Mm. No one had ever asked me that. And I was so happy. I remember from that moment on, I was like, I'm gonna keep this guy around for like at least 10 years. Like, I don't know how, but like I gotta like keep this guy around and learn from him because like that's amazing. He was so nice. I was just I was like I was like he's so nice. Like I want to be that nice. Who were the um, other people in the group? Was it, it was Sharif? I think. Um, at the time that little hackathon was like Sharif, uh, from Lexica, Johnny from Zeet, Zihao from Zeet, Jake Lou, you know, third, third one now. And um, I think, and then we had Abhishek. Yes. Nice. So then Abhishek, that was awesome. So that was the, that was, that was the friends, man. Um, and you know, that was only, it's not like I really deeply knew these guys to be honest, or like was yeah. the deepest or closest of friends with them. It was just like, we, we just, we were always around. <laughs> we always had like this uh, um, connection between, between what we were working on. So it was How, a good crew and it was all like a Furcon chosen crew. So I think that made it really good too. How did that turn into Founders Inc though? Cause I remember you guys had like another building and in, in building C it was like a small room. Yeah, I remember. So basically 
after um, around 20, early, mid 2019, I'm, I'm back in SF. I just left some other company that I, I was uh, recruited for a CTO. And uh, Furcon's like, I want to get a place. I want to get a space. I want to put a bunch of cool people in there. And I was like, cool. Like, I could, like, let's talk about it. So me and Furcon would go to like random places around SF and he would just, I, I don't even know why I'm doing this. He's just like, yo, Farzi, you want to come check out this place with me? Oh, so you, it would just be you two? It was just me, me and him. That's crazy. And he, Furkan would just take, I was like, this is awesome. Like, I'm just going and seeing big warehouses with this yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> sometimes his wife, Kieran, would come along too, right? And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a long idea, right? But eventually, uh, Furkan got a small spot here. A really shitty spot. I'm sure you could even show up, find a picture. I have a bunch of pictures well, I, from that I spot. I saw it on your Twitter. I have yeah. a bunch of pictures of that spot. And um, yeah, that was it, man. That was, um, that was kind of the start mm. of like the physical founders thing. But the... Founders Inc. before was like uh, the invention of Furcon on just on Discord. Mm. For all throughout COVID, every single week he would run that chat and give away um, one Ethereum, which was 500 bucks at the time, every single week. That's all Founders Inc. was. So Interesting. I think uh, it was a really big lesson of like, you can start digital, you know, things, you can always start digital. Like I'm a big believer in that. My best friend, I've only met six times. He's my online friend. Who is this? My buddy named Hans. Okay. We met, uh, I was top ranking the world in Battlefield 3. And so was he. So I was like top oh, 20 wow. and he was like top 10. Okay. So then he was always better. And he started, I essentially just started, started coaching me essentially. No way. And uh, yeah, we just became best friends. Wow. And yeah, he just left actually last week again. That was the fifth time I saw him in my <laughs> life in the last 10 years. Wow. Or 10, 20, 10, uh, 10 12 years. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it's but interesting. Yeah, digital relationships can go really far. And I think right now people over index on like physical relationship. And like this, if I don't have the physical uh, relation with like the people around me, like in an office, X, Y, it's like, I can't do it, but it's like, you totally can. I, I'm just a random kid from a, a suburbs of Miami. Like that's it. That's all I am. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it all started online for me. So you have both those components right now in build space. You obviously have this like in-person kind of school in Fort Mason. You have these events that you put on, you did one in Dubai. Um, but you also have nights and weekends, which is this like online program, and that's kind of reached scale. I can't open Twitter anymore without seeing a couple tweets yeah. from those like, I don't know, stu like they're, I guess yeah. students. Students. How did the first nights and weekends idea come about and then how did it turn into what it is now? Yeah, so essentially last year, BuildSpace started as these tutorials, right? Online for yeah. like Web3 and AI. That's how I found out about Founders Inc. and Third Web and all of that, by the really? way. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you that story later. That's a insane. A lot of people found out yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, it was the Third Web DAO course. That's pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, it started as tutorials, right? But then the tutorial stuff started like fizzling out. Like we could only, we only got so big from that. Um, and, um, you know, my, my goal is to make something that can, you know, that can stand with the greats, right? That's my goal. So I was like, okay, this project thing was cool. Uh, what's next? And uh, to be honest with you, we didn't know what was next. We had no idea. And that was really hard actually, because we were trying to figure out random ideas, but nothing felt better than us making these tutorials. But eventually um, I was like, okay, like talk to some people, talk to some users of the thing. They were like, I want to keep making my project. I was like, okay, let me just make this random six week program. It's not an accelerator. It's just six weeks where you can work on that project now and I'll make some curriculum and we'll just ship it. Right. So it was, it was like a side project within BuildSpace and BuildSpace not that big at the time, just like six people, five people. But yeah, it was my little side project within the company. And I remember I tell Stelvin, I still remember I was in the Founders Inc. gym because there's no place to take a fucking call sometimes. <laughs> and um, I'm in the gym and I'm like, Stelvin, like, I got this idea, six weeks to help people take their projects further, 
right? Because we had noticed how people were like customizing their projects with the tutorials. It was beautiful. You would make some random DAO tutorial and then people would make whole ass DAOs off the tutorial. I was like, what the fuck? That's so cool. Like, how can we make more of that? So then I told Stavon the idea and then Stavon, correct to Stavon, like master at like words. He's just like, these are the people who are working on the nights and the weekends. And I don't know who it was, me or Stavon, but we were like nights and weekends. That's what, that's it. Nights and weekends. That's what it's called. And uh, then Stavon essentially helped me out with the um, uh, design brand. We just shipped it, man. That's how it started. Started with um, 450 people and I think 50 graduated, 60 graduated, and then 40 came to San Francisco. Oh, um, wow. It was very small numbers back then, but yeah. That was the one, Nilesh one, right? With Orb, the S1? That was Nilesh. Yeah. That was Nilesh. No way. I didn't know Nilesh went through nights and weekends. Yeah. Is that why, is that how we found the Fink yeah. deal flow? Yeah. For Khan, no right? Way. For Khan wrote the check. For Khan wrote the yeah. check. And Jorge. Jorge from uh, uh, Zoo Tools. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Wait, was that the one we helped out on or was that S2? Jorge was S2, yeah? Jorge was S1. Yeah, Where was, was S1? one. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, so it was very small numbers back then. Even the IRL event, we thought about that like a week or two before. We were like, it'd be kind of fun if people just came for a meetup. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit, 40 of them bought tickets to San Francisco. That's sick. Like, what the, f what is going on here? Yeah. And they pull up and they love, like, they just love build space. And I was like, wow, like, I was just messing around. <laughs> like, you guys really liked this. Um, and then we continued on. And now Nights and Weekends is like, Huge component of the company. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. What was the thought process though? Because I remember you even almost canceled it before S4. And then it somehow shifted somewhere in the middle from like tech people to now you have like artists and painters and carpenters and like all yeah, kinds so of Yeah, so for me, it's like I get bored really fast. And I think that's both a good and bad thing. Now, some people get bored and they give up. I don't really get bored and give up. I'm like, I get bored and I'm like, okay, like what needs to change here? Mm. Um, if nothing changes, I'm killing it. I'm gonna shoot nights and weekends. So I've been with a team every season. I'm like, give me 10 reasons we don't kill nights and weekends or give me at least two reasons, you know? Like, why should this product continue? Are we doing it because we're just, we're too small and early and shitty of a company to like just do things because we did it before. Like, no, like really, realistically, like why are we doing it? And um, new reasons always came. And I remember for me, I was like, for me, I don't think about it. I, I'm just, I'm not a technology like from day one, like believer per se. I'm just, a, I'm a guy who made a lot of YouTube videos. I was a film student. That's what I, I wanted to be Christopher Nolan. You know, that, that's- You a flat earther. <laughs> bet, bro. But no, that's not me. Like, you know, it's just like, I just, I don't know. I just like really, I cared about all the people working on different things. And Build Space started as just Web3. Well, nights and weekends. And then nights and season two was just Web3 and AI. So you got to stay focused. But um, by season three, I was like, okay, let's open up the gates. Like, let's see what happens. And then beautiful to see like, all these different types of people come out. But I mean, yeah, the evolution was very like methodical. Like we knew exactly what we were doing. So did you know in S1 that it was going to become painters and artists and all of that in S3 or S4? You know, it's funny in S1, we really, we literally called it a place for the hackers and the painters. Um, no way. Yeah. Uh, off the Paul Graham thing. Like I think that, that was a stubborn line. And uh, we always knew it. We didn't know if it would even last more than three months, but yeah, kept it going. But then when did the school, when did the idea for a school come about? Because now you have like a bunch of success at that point. A bunch of people knew about it online. The Twitter account had a lot of followers. People were posting about it. Yeah. Why dump a bunch of money into a physical school when digital is doing so well for you? So, you know, it's just talking, talking to the people, man. Talking to the users, talking to the, the folks that are actually making stuff at BuildSpace. We found that a lot of them wanted to keep going after nights and weekends. But we had nothing to do for them. 
But that was not only our most valuable audience, that was our most motivated audience and our most high, our audience that was the most interested in us. The people who were like, I actually did this over six weeks, now what Farza? And I was like, I have nothing for you right now. Um, so around six months ago, um, I was like, it's also asking myself, like, what is the best version of Build Space? The best version of Build Space is you have great people in front of you helping you out with stuff, teaching you things, like not over like a call, right? Um, that is the best version of like even a school. Like I would have never gone, I don't want to go to a, like a like a virtual school, like just as me as present, right? I don't, I don't want to go. Um, so again, I, kind of making it for myself in like six, so six months ago, I was like, okay, let's build a physical campus. Let's spend as little money as possible on just running it. Um, and let's make it really basic, lo-fi, and let's get an MVP out. And that's what we did. So we spent three months on it, got this design going. I started the designs on my little notebook. Um, I found two designers uh, from Twitter, like, and here we are. Which, which are the two designers? Are you talking about Isa and? Isa and Kyle, yeah, I actually threw a pizza party at Founders Inc. Oh, wow. And I threw a pizza party and I said, uh, if you wanna come look at the space and give me ideas, come to the pizza party. 50 people pull up to pizza party. I'm like, that's awesome. And uh, most of them didn't have much to, to much ideas, but then these two, Isa and Kyle, were really quick. And I was like, they weren't even interested in working on this. They were just like hanging around. But I was like, yeah. I'm really good at like looking at someone and talking to them for a little while and just understanding like, do you, what do you want? They didn't know anything about build space. Really? Really Both of them, yeah. They just wanted pizza? They just wanted to show up to a, a cool new space. Yeah. And they kind of they had heard of build space, heard of me. Okay. Mostly heard of me. That's usually how it starts with like people. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Interesting. But then how do you take these like 50 to 100,000 people online and turn that into a school? I think right now we have about 35 people, 35 people around here, yeah. us. How does that scale? So my whole thing was always like from the beginning of Build Space, day one is I never wanted something. Okay. So like, I'll be very honest with you. I grew up watching Twitch streams. A lot of Twitch streams, and um, I was amazed at how close I felt to the streamer, despite ten thousand people in the chat. What mm. the fuck is up with that? Why am I so closely connected with PewDiePie when I've never once talked to him? I've never once even talked to a PewDiePie fan. I can't. I've never really once talked to a diehard PewDiePie fan in PewDiePie's community. So like, our whole thing was like, can we just make this where it's like one to many, you know? And uh, that's exactly what we did. We were like, um, we believe that we can make just tell a really great story and people will want to be a part of that story. And as long as you give people the ability to be a part of that story, they will want to complete and complete their arc in that story. Like that's the idea, right? For me at least. Um, so again, we didn't think it would scale. We thought it would break after a thousand actually. Really? I remember me, Stephen and Alec were like looking at us like for season two, we had like 1200. We were like, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, but I was, I remember I was just like, it'll be fine. Cause I grew up watching Twitch streams. Like, mm. I learned so much from those people. I got so much out of those people. So then season three, then 7,500, now season four, 17,000, like, and it works the same way. It has the same numbers. Like, it's just really funny to see, but. I've sent you videos, I think on WhatsApp, I've sent it to you, I've sent it to, to Stoven, of people walking around SF with the Build Space hoodies. Yeah. Do you feel famous in SF? Uh, I guess sometimes here and there, on average, you get recognized like three times, four times a week. Just okay. randomly. I go or to my cafe in the morning. And almost always someone will know me there. Which cafe? kind of cool. St. Frank's Coffee. So if y'all want to intercept Farza. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very specific morning routine. I go to St. Frank's almost every day. And, um, but no, man. Honestly, it's just like, it's just kind of, it's just kind of, kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just kind of funny. I don't really think much of it, actually. 
Really? Um, I think nothing of it at all. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Like the work means something. Nice. I'm going to keep doing the work. <laughs> but doesn't that make you that much more careful about what you say online? Um, or what you say to people? No, nah, I've never really had a filter ever. So I'm not going to put one on per se ever. Interesting. I just got to make sure I don't say some unhinged shit, which I sometimes can say. So there's a little bit of a filter, but it's like, nah, not really there. I was watching this Jake Tran video a couple of days ago and he was talking about why all of like A-list celebrities are depressed. And he put this like really interesting kind of like story together of some people have a lot of fame and they actually don't have that much money because the fame starts to eat away at your money. You have to spend money on security. You have to spend money on traveling. You have to pay for an agent, whatever. And then he talked about people that have a lot of money and don't have fame and they kind of just act rude to people because they're like in their head they're so much better than they are uh-huh. and then there's like this like middle ground of just like these like niche micro celebrities that yeah. have the best life because <laughs> they have enough money and enough leverage to do pretty much whatever they want but they don't get recognized unless they want to unless they like put it together like a little meetup online or unless they go somewhere where they know they're going to get recognized yeah i mean you know like i'll we're gonna have 400 people come here to the irl event on san francisco next week like all those people really know me and they want to take a picture of me or like at least talk to me, right? And it's like, again, none of this for me is like a feeling of fame. It's more just like, it gives meaning to the work and it makes me want to do the work better because then I don't want to disappoint or I don't, not disappoint, but I want to make sure I do it better every time. So yeah, it's funny for me, even like two weeks ago, like some dude just, I was running, he's like, you're farther from build space. You're famous, you're famous, man. And I was like, uh, yeah, he's like, keep it up. And I was like, okay, bye. Um, that's all I can do. Like what else, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, it's cool. It's like, it's definitely not Leonardo DiCaprio levels of fame, yeah. but Hey, I'll, I'll keep the micro celebrity within a niche mm. life. Well, going. You've, you've mentioned that you want the schools to be like McDonald's right everywhere, like all over the world. At what point do you detach yourself from the brand or you want the brand to be bigger than you? So I think me as the brand can work for a very long time until I die probably. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think that, yeah, like even the school itself, like I'm not here day to day. Yeah. Like it's run by somebody else. It's run by Amit. And uh, I think that, yeah, I think like, I think it doesn't matter. Like I think, I was looking back, I, don't, I was looking back at Steve Jobs and Apple, like how that was like for 40 years, there's one dude running the brand, right? Like, mm. and uh, I don't know, I, th- I thought that was cool. Did I you ever want to emulate him? Uh, no, not really. I think back when I was like younger, yeah, like 17, 18. Okay. But not anymore. No, I just look up to look up to the guy for sure. Did you ever want to be famous? No, never. So when you were famous, when you made YouTube videos when you were younger, I think you talk about making like two a week. What was the intent behind that? The intent. So that was really funny. I was just very not popular in high school. Yeah. Like at all. I was like that weird kid in the back all the time. No way. So I was just like, um, you know, I'm going to make some cool videos that makes other people laugh and then maybe they'll talk to me. That was it. That's why I started making videos. That's the only reason. Um, well, that's why I started making more videos publicly. Because even back then, I was still making videos, but for myself, yeah, I would. I started in sixth grade actually. Okay. I only showed it to my brothers, or my mom and my dad. But only then, around then, was I like, okay, I'm gonna try putting them on uh, YouTube and trying to get people in my school to watch. So, and well, yeah, you- that's actually how it worked. Like people started watching them, they started recognizing me, started calling me Farza, because uh, Farza I made up completely, and they started calling me Farza, and I was like, oh wow, this is kind of cool. Like everybody knows me now. Wait, what are you? That's not your name. My name is Farzan. I didn't know. Yeah, there you know. You actually didn't Crazy. know that? No. Yeah, yeah. Farza's, oh. Farza's made up. Yeah. Why'd you make name. it up? It's just like you want like an alter ego. Uh, for me, it was like alter ego. Like I think, uh, I don't know, everybody, I wanted to make up Farza. Like that was my thing back in, in sixth grade. Yeah. yeah. I was like, 
I was a big Eminem fan at the time. I was like, oh, cool, Eminem's some shady. <laughs> like, I'm going to be Farza. And uh, that's cool. Because then, again, you have to understand, like, my background, like, of, like, heavily, like, marginalized child, like, no friend, constantly yeah. bullied by random people all the time. Man, you were really bullied that much? It was bad, yeah. I had a bad time growing that's up. That's the worst bullying you got. Worst? Yeah. Oh, man. You got beat up? Not, not like, only punched only a couple of times. Not, like, beat up, like, okay. blah, 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 yeah, but yeah, punched, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, I would never do anything. So, again, everyone has always knew me as Farzan. I was, you know what? I'm Farza. Fuck this. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm dude that that makes cool stuff. Mm. Um, I'm, that, that makes that makes funny videos, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. So mm. that's all it was. Did you ever get like wrapped up in trying to figure out who you were then when you started building this company, and now suddenly you kind of have what you wish you had when you were younger? I think it's always trying to remember that like your identity is actually a, um, your identity is actually just like who you are. It's not what your work is. So that took me some time, um, to figure out. Uh, but I think a lot of founders or a lot of creators of things, they'll get wrapped up, they'll wrap up their identity in the work. Like I'm not built space, <laughs> you know, like I'm just guy, I'm guy with, I'm son, you know, I'm brother, I'm boyfriend, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, I don't get too wrapped up in the work, my identity at least. That's interesting. I feel like there's this shift in, in, or maybe it's always been there, but there's like this thought in startups that you have to have co-founders. You talked about brand, you talked about Steve Jobs kind of being this person behind Apple for 40 years. And even in Y Combinator, they tell you, like, you have to have co-founders. And for good reason. Most of the time you want someone to build the product, someone to sell it. There's just too much to do for one person. But you've kind of built this, like, almost larger than life kind of figure through. You're like, you're, you, have, you got the name, you got, like, the content type down, you have build space. What do you think it was that made it work for you, even though everyone else tells you not to go solo? So I always, I, I liked being solo from the start. Like, I just knew that was for me. Um, also at the time when I was much younger, I was just like very hard to work with. So I like knew how hard I was to work with. So I was like, okay, like, um, I don't think I have the skills right now to have like full on co-founders actually. I'm going to be a solo founder and, um, kind of worked out for me, but no, I think, I don't know. I think to be, I'm just very disciplined. I'm stupidly disciplined since I was like a little boy, you know, like, uh, you don't like only like I'm very good at controlling myself, my emotion, everything, right? So it's like, if I have that skill, I can just do all these things. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like you can argue like the work um, can get overwhelming, but no, I mean, I can code for an hour that I can do sales for two hours and I can raise money for into three hours and I can, like, you're actually so much more skilled than you think um, as a human. And I think uh, people will just make it up if they're saying like, uh, if they're just saying like, you know, I can't do it. I can't just do it myself. Yeah. You like have for example, I saw it as a challenge. It's like, oh, YC saying that I need a co-founder that codes and one that does the other thing. That's stupid. <laughs> like who made this <laughs> fake narrative? I'm gonna make a new narrative. Yeah. So my thing was always like, can I see existing narratives and can I see them as challenges and then make my own path, right? Like that, that's always been fun for me. So even though YC, when I first did the interview, they asked the first question they asked me is like, why are you solo? I was like, cause I want to be mm. um, and I'm good at it. Next question, you know, like, um, <laughs> but no, I wasn't that aggressive. But <laughs> you, you have these like kind of crazy ideas that you've kind of brought up from time to time. And obviously like you've made a lot of them work, but how did you get the team to buy into you and not think you were just like crazy? You know, what's funny is like, um, I didn't, uh, I don't hire if that's the word, if I don't know how to say like, I don't hire, uh, the people just find me, um, and they'll get really, they'll try really hard to get to me. So that's kind of my philosophy. I've never actually really got, I've never went for outbound. Um, people just come to me. 
Interesting. Um, so that's how it works. Like Stelvin found me, Jeffrey found me. How did they find you? Was it all through Twitter? All they were they were either users of Build Space or through Twitter or through like emails. Like they just knew of what I was up to. Um, because I'm very public about the journey as well, right? How do people find Build Space for the most part outside of just you and Twitter or like your own Twitter? Um, word of mouth. Word of mouth is huge. Um, for me, like people will just always say, "If you're about that Farzet guy or that Build Space thing," and um. That helps so much. Yeah, is that the secret to the team dynamic? Because like everybody just seems so focused on a central goal. Yeah, and they're all just working together. Like the sense I get is like everyone's just so locked in. Yeah, the team culture is very much like facilitated by me. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you have pe- just people that are high ambition. You know, um, not assholes. Like that. That helps. It's level yeah. one. But then I think the biggest. I'm a. I don't know how to quite say it, but I'm a really good judge of people I want to be around, mm. right? So I can immediately talk to someone for even just two minutes and be like, do you want to be with this person for another two days? Um, Who do you want to be uh, around? Like, what are those qualities you look for? They can, I just have a conversation with them. That's the that's the most easy, the most straightforward thing. Like, you know, a lot of times I get an interview and they'll just be like, trying to tell me about their skill set. I was like, dude, chill out. Like, we just met, like, I don't that's care about, kind of I don't care that you code <laughs> in Python or whatever. Just, what's your name? That's right. I don't like, know where did you grow up? Like, you didn't ask me anything. Like, yeah. let's, let's talk about something else, you know, like, and uh, just have a conversation. I remember the first conversation when, I remember my first conversation with every teammate that I hired today. And um, it was very much like memorable because I just love talking to them. What was your first conversation with Stubbin? Stubbin, yeah, Stubbin was a funny one. Stubbin was literally, uh, I was like, he's like, so what are you looking for? Yeah. I was like, I'm looking for a designer. He said, what's design? And I, asked, and, I, and I defined design for him. He didn't like my definition. How did you define it? I forgot what I said, but he didn't like it. Okay. And then he said, let me teach you what design is. Dude, he pops out a whiteboard <laughs> for 10 minutes. He starts explaining what design is. What did he say? He just starts drawing a board about like how design is not only how something looks, it's the messaging. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's everything about it, you know? He showed us, me and Eric, he showed us how he designed the houses. Um, yeah, it's like crazy. The four houses. And then when he showed it to you, it's crazy. And it was mind blowing. Like the process. How did he design it? Through. Like, oh, well, I don't know the specs, but oh, I'm saying, what did you he show how you? he thought through it? Yeah. Basically why the four houses look like this and like the central design. I mean, can we see it? I we can pop we them can, up. If we can see any of it. Yeah. But I mean, the designs are, are them of them are insane in, in, in itself, but I mean, the, the, the core thing that I said about Stelvan is like when I met the guy, he was teaching me. He hadn't. He didn't feel like I was above him. Yeah, we, we were same level. He was sitting there like you're you're wrong. Like I think I know something that you don't. And then he was probably trying to see how I reacted to new information. Like, did I have an ego? Right? Was I was I able to absorb the information that he was telling me? And it's like, I, I was. You know, I was like, that's pretty cool, man. Let's talk more. And um, so, how did you convince them to stay with you through all these pivots? Because Bill Space went through something like ten or fifteen pivots to get to this point. Yeah, it's a long it was, it's a long journey from the zips days, zip homeschool days. To here, but I think the biggest thing is I always gave everybody everybody the ability to change their future. I remember with Build Space, like a year ago, I didn't know what to do next. So I literally said, okay, everyone, stop everything you're doing for a week. You're making a pitch deck for a week. And for a week, everybody, like it was like nine people, just went and made a pitch deck for the next thing that we work on. And it was beautiful. Like everybody came together with vastly different ideas. I took all their ideas and I made a new path for us. What were some of the ideas that actually made it through? Uh, one of my favorites was, um, um, was Stubborn essentially. Stubborn saying like, um, we are a telescope for 
to find the best photos in the world. Like this, it's usually like not ideas, but it's like words, phrases. Yeah. And uh, Stellan laid out this path of like how nights and weekends could scale potentially. And I like that idea. So that's part of it. That's like part of the idea that I took. But again, it's like, I'm not uh, the founder that tells people what to do. I don't really have a vision. Um, in fact, you come into Monday, you tell me what to do usually. Mm. That's always my philosophy. Um, I never show up on a Monday and have a list for people. We don't have like a task management board. <laughs> like we don't have anything. Like you show up, you in a sentence, tell me what you're doing. If you can't go meditate or something, go on a run. I don't know, but you gotta figure something out. No way. Um, and like, that's how we, that's how I run the company. Mm. Um, it's very much like you tell us what you're doing and if it's shit, we will tell you. Um, and you, very often I'll say something, Jeffrey's like, mm, waste of time. I'm like, oh, why Jeff? Yo, you and Jeff have the most interesting dynamic. Yeah, what do you mean? Funny. Well, they, they like disagree on so many things, yeah. but it's crazy to see how it all comes together. Yeah, no, I think it's like you have to, as the f a founder guy, founder whatever, like you need to like create an open space for like this stuff to happen. And I think a lot of founder types will just like control. And I have very little control. I have only trust. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, it is my decision and everybody knows that. Um, and it is my job to gather all these crazy things and put them in like one road. But that I can do. Um, so but what does your day to day actually look like? Like my day to day is literally like doing the exact same things these, these people are doing. Yeah. My team usually. Um, so right now I'm day to day running nights and weekends. Okay. Um, I'm also running the campus uh, parts of it. I'm also parts of it running the IRL program. Yeah. Um, I'm also parts of it now helping run our government function. But is this a set schedule? Like you have nine to 10, I do this, 10 to 11, I do this, or you're like- No, I have a pretty set schedule. Yeah. I have a pretty set schedule. Okay. Um, I do all my solo work in the morning, mm. four hours, and then I come in and I usually, um, I'm, I'm, I'm like working individually on other things, mm. like pushing individual things. Um, cause like, you know, my morning is my big push myself. Like the thing that I just got to get out, kind of like my IC work, mm. but then like <laughs> one to two, I'm helping Mary Chris with something yeah. two to three. I'm helping Ahmed push something out now three to four. I'm doing, so it's like a little bit different. Mm. And so, but that is actually the best schedule. I think like I, right, I get, say, yeah. I get a lot of free time to do whatever the fuck I want, yeah. but then I also have to lead, you know? So, mm. and but, so yeah. when you were pitching all of this to like a 16 Z again, you've raised $10 million from them. Bro, what was the product? Back then, what we were working on was um, the tutorials, the Web3 tutorials. Really? Yeah, that was the product. And my idea was that we would teach a lot of people and maybe help them start companies to get jobs. Um, Interesting. And we would maybe, maybe tokenize that. Like that was it. It was all just a bunch of maybes. And I was very real with every investor. I remember every conversation I was like, here's my memo. I just want you to know, if you give me $10 million, you're giving me $10 million. You're not giving the idea $10 million. So please vet me as much as you want. Do whatever you want. Ask me about anything and I'm down. But just know that's that's the game you're playing here. Mm. And um, I think everybody I talked to was uh, yeah. was down for that. How are you looking at monetizing and specifically profit? Like, is there a path where you're like, at this point, we'll be profitable or at this point? So basically we are trying to, in education, there's not many models to get big basically. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to like figure out this new model where we could potentially charge governments money, a subscription basically to run a campus in their city. Mm. So um, we're looking at right now, for example, in Abu Dhabi UAE, like Abu Dhabi pay us $2 million a year and we'll run a campus out of this, out of your city that will create X amount of new revenue, X amount of new companies, X amount of new jobs. Mm. Um, Cause again, all these people behind you, like it doesn't matter if they're a musician or a YouTuber, they're companies, they're little tiny businesses, right? Sure, some are big businesses, that's a startup, but most of the world is just little businesses. Mm. Um, so, hey, like you want more of these? You want more innovators in your town? 
Well, we have one of the biggest, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, audiences of that in the world. Do you want to work together? Mm. And um, yeah, we're still day to day. Like I'm going to Dubai next week or like in two weeks from now. Yeah. But yeah, it's something that we're still trying to figure out. But it's cool. It's like uh, it's like a real, it's like a real cool path to actually get big as an education company because education is a very depressing industry. Wow. Very depressing. Why haven't yeah. you changed markets? Is that are you just have you always been set on education? What's going on here? People just going walking in and out. <laughs> Dude's got a suitcase. He's got a fucking Bro's suitcase, in. bro. Dude's moving. This is build space, bro. This isn't move space. Um, no, I mean education. Honestly, like I'll be real with you. I've always somehow done things that help other people. Mm. I don't know how to say it, but like I've always been doing things that try to help others, like in mm. a meaningful way. Um, um, and teaching and bringing other people to learn together has always been something I've been doing. I would say build space is like the stupid virus of an idea that I've been working on for almost like 10 years. Um, I mean, 10 years ago, like I worked on something similar to build space. Eight years ago, I worked on something similar to build space. Six years ago, similar to build space. And it's like my whole life feels like it's been like slow, this virus of an idea that is bringing people together to essentially pursue their dream, right? Because those are the types of people that I was like, I like to talk to as well. But then what is it now about the build space and the nights and weekends brand that actually worked? Because it feels like so many people have tried to do education or cohorts yeah. or communities or all of that. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing is I know what's cringe to me. <laughs> like mm. I'm not going to get in a 12 person mentorship Zoom call with you. Like I don't care. That's not how I learn. How do I learn as far as a I make stuff. I watch YouTube videos. I talk to my friends. Great. Um, and I watch a lot of TV shows to inspire me. And um, that's it. Like, can we create a program that has that sort of energy? Mm. Um, that's vastly different from everybody else. This is from the beginning. We never called it a course, a core based anything. We're just like, come join us and work on your idea. That's it. Mm. Like no expectation, you know? And I think like us forcing other people to think about this as something new that is what really helped us out. If from the beginning, this was just like a core based course, then we're this, this it's nothing. It's just boring, right? But um, no, like it's thousands of you watching at the same time. We're making funny videos. We drop uh, these colorful images that now you are, you know, physically or mentally attached to. Um, we have all these different things. We have all these shenanigans, right? And it's like so much of build space is like us. It's our identity. Um, we know what's boring right, to us. Um, mm. So it's like, we never join a competitor if they're, well, what's like a competitor, I guess? I don't even know, but we never join it. You know, like we never join like a business school because we know why. It's like, most of this is bullshit. Yeah. So it's like, how do you just like <laughs> unbullshitify it mm. uh, and make it fun? Because uh, that's, life's short. We know yeah. life's short. You could die tomorrow. Because so. you, you talk about walking the line of cringe, right? So yeah. it's like, you, you guys are constantly getting to that line and then- Always. Yeah. You always got to walk the line of cringe. What does that mean? Most people are, ju they just make cringe. I don't know how to say it. It's just, they, they, what they make is just cringe. And I think that like, cringe is a really funny word because it, it means so many different things in different, different places. But um, I have my own definition of cringe. You know, I come from a gamer background. Um, I come from like a film background. Um, so it's like, I know what cringe is to me. Like cringe to me is like an ugly shot. Bad audio is cringe to me, mm. you know? Um, cringe to me is like trying to get 12 people in a call to talk to each other because I would never join that call. I'm too shy. You put me in a call with 12 other people, I'm You're muted. shy? I'm in a call, yeah. Muted video off. I'm, I'm out of there. <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm just like- Someone's lying. 
It feels like it. Bro, this is the biggest cap. <laughs> You're mean, not shy, bro. Come you may on. think I'm not shy, but that's what it is. <laughs> Damn. But I, you, know, you know, in a call, the, I know what, what you're saying. What's cool yeah. about Bill Space is like, I assume everyone's shy like me. Interesting. And I'm like, why would shy people want to? I optimize Bill Space for like, I would always say the introvert. Yeah. Because um, like, that's what I feel like I am. Um, I'm not out here going to parties every day. I'm not out here trying to talk to people and trying to network with people. Um, I'm not that type of guy. Yeah. So it's like, what type of guy am I? I want to sit down eight hours a day in front of my laptop and not talk to anybody. If, I, if, they, if, they, if they want to talk to me, sure, I can talk to them and yeah. be confident, charismatic if I have to be. But that's not my thing. Um, I just want to sit there and just do my thing. And it so feels like alone, that, that's like something that resonated with just so many people. Like I know dudes from like my mosque that are posting about their like nights and weekends updates on their yeah. story. And I'm like, yo, like I have to double check to see if it's the right like person who posted it. I'm like there, there's that's no crazy. way this is actually happening. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, I think the ethos is so, is so like the world is always making stuff for the, the world feel like it's always, it's always making stuff for the people that are already confident that are already like the doers. And my thing is like, I want to make it for myself. Like I'm, I'm just a guy that wants to just have fun, mess around. Like, mm. let me create a space for that. And I know, I know if I do that properly, amazing shit will come out of this. Um, Cause that's where it always starts. And it feels like now you've taken over this like tech bubble. Everyone has like their house in their bio on Twitter. And yeah. like, you see all these updates, you see the images when everyone got in, but would you say build space is turning into a cult? Oh man. Um, ah. I don't really know what a cult is to be honest with you, like at, at, in depth, but I don't know. To me, it's, it's just a story. It's a story that anybody can attach themselves to. That's how I see it. I hate, I even hate the word community. I don't think we have a community. I just think we have a story that we've loudly talked about and tell other people about and let them be a part, let them be a character in the, in the story. That's it. Um, and I think that is what people actually give a fuck about. Um, uh, I don't think they're attached to Farza. I think they're attached to Build Space, that really fun and interesting place with cool images and anime stuff that this guy Farza runs. That, that that's cool too, as well. And uh, but I think people just like Build Space um, and the story of Build Space, which I think is like different, you know, which is really cool. That's yeah. that's always been the goal to make the story mm -hmm. in a I way mean, that we've noticed the Build Space effect when it comes to our podcast. It's true, but everyone just when we tag nights and weekends and are participating, just the community that gets behind it. Do you think like having everyone post in public is a differentiator between like a normal accelerator incubator and nights and weekends? The biggest thing is, is a normal accelerator does not give a fuck about you if you're not working on something big. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you're working on a little, little, little music album. That's cute. Go fuck off over there. Like, yeah. There's no place for you. <laughs> like, oh, like literally go fuck off. Like this is a place yeah. people build businesses, bro. Fuck yeah. off. Billion dollar businesses. Yeah. <laughs> Billion dollar businesses. Get, get, the, get out of my face. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and of course they'll, they'll be nice about it. Like, oh, that's cute. To me, I'm like, you make music? Holy shit. Drake is a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we talk? Like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, what's your dream? Like, to me, an accelerator and most of the world of like creating things extremely is biased toward people who are highly ambitious and work on crazy large things. Um, but I know the story. I know that you start out as like a, as like a fledgling baby in this world, mm. uh, in the world of like creating things, and you work your way up to like ambition. Mm. So it's like, to me, I see someone who's working on like a to-do list app. I put my all into that person the same way I would if I met like Elon. I don't care. Like you both are just making stuff. Um, and there's different levels to it. Yeah. But I can learn from a guy making to-do list app. I can learn yeah. from a woman working on a billion dollar company. Um, so, but I think that's the difference is like, if you've always asked me like, well, isn't this like startup school? I was like, 
Okay, go make your album a startup school. Go for it. <laughs> Give it a shot. No, seriously, it could work. Go make your album a startup school. Go make your YouTube channel a startup school. Yeah. Go work on your small business where you sell, uh, um, you know, cute diaries, custom diaries on startup school. Yeah, it's like, it won't work. You're going to have uh, XYZ person saying like, this is becoming a billion dollar company. There's no Dylan in text in startup school. But you're sitting there and you're like, I just want to have fun with my is. friends. Yeah. yeah. I don't, what is this billion dollar company nonsense? So, yeah. And. It also, I remember hearing in one of your old interviews, you said you're very kind of particular about the narrative. The reason you don't do like magazines or any of these kind of like business articles is because you don't have control over that story. And in your head, you know what you've kind of built built space into, you know what the point of it is. Um, but then don't you worry that now with it kind of becoming larger than you, it's like huge, everyone on Twitter is tweeting about it. Don't you worry that it might shift in a macro kind of what people think of build space or is that the point? So to me, like our main job is to like maintain the story. Like we are the writers of the book. Um, like let us continue writing the chapters, you know? So I think it's just like how we control that. You know, Harry Potter is a story, right? That everybody knows now, but it's written and it's written by a particular group, a particular person, right? Um, so it's like, I think a build space is the same way as a book. It's a book where the next book is always coming out. Mm. And it's like, as long as we know that writing the book and we put out the book, you know, like don't let anybody write the book, then it gets fucked up. So it's like, that's how it works. And, uh, but of course you want enough people to like be a part of the story as much as they can and shift the story as much as they can. You know, when you read Harry Potter, you feel like Ron sometimes, you feel like Harry sometimes, that's yeah. cool. Um, that's how it should feel mm. uh, because then you make the story your own. So it's always about making the story clear enough and obvious enough where but interesting enough where other people can inject themselves into the story themselves. So someone came up to me and they kind of referenced Build Space as like Hogwarts IRL. You guys had the Harry Potter music playing in one of yeah. your nights and weekends dinners or, or finishes. You had the houses, which are like four houses. They all yeah. have their own kind of themes. Where did the Harry Potter inspiration come from? Was it there from the beginning? Um, To be honest, it, we... We just always felt like people knew what Hogwarts was, so we called it Hogwarts for a little while. Yeah, but then we started moving away from that too because it kind of got, got kind of cringed us. Interesting. Um, so what's no, cringed think, to you changes? Hmm? So what's cringed to you changes too? Yeah, it just changes over time. You learn more. You you look at it more. Uh, but no, the Hogwarts stuff we eventually started to move away from. But I mean, again, you have to remember that we're a school. We're not this complicated product. Um, at the end of the day, like I can be as cute as I want and tell you that we're building a story, and we are. But like at the end of the day, we're a school with students and classes and a curriculum. And, a, and, a, and an outcome that we can uh, can drive you towards. That's all we are in, prin in principle, right? If I explain to my mother what I'm doing, um, it's just a school. But you have to remember that like Stanford is a story. <laughs> you don't go to Stanford because of the school. You go because of the story mostly. Yeah, um, MIT, you go to the story. Uh, why do you? Why do people want to join Apple? I don't think it's because they work on sick products. I think it's because of the story. Yeah. Um, I think it's so. It's like you have to think about both, right? When you're when you're building stuff, and I think most people only focus on one. Uh, but again, that's just me. Like, I consider myself a storyteller, so I bias myself toward that, but it depends. What do you want the story of BuildSpace to be in 50 years then? Because Stanford has been around for decades. 50 years is pretty far. I'm not sure. I'll still be here though. That's all I know. I'll be on it. I'll be working on something called BuildSpace probably. Um, but that's the goal to work on it the day I die. I can probably see 10 years in the future, but 50 years is What hard. does 10 years look like then? 10 years looks like hundreds of thousands of people online going through nights and weekends all over the world and um, thousands of people graduating through physical campuses. Yeah. Ideally like, ideally like 25 campuses by then. Really? Like, yeah. Ideally. Wow. How do you decide where to build these campuses? Um, right now it's really just places that we like to visit. 
No way. Because <laughs> think about it, like you always need to build a product that you yourself want to use. So it's like, we see Bill as a product. Why are we picking Dubai? I'll be real with you guys. It's because we went to Dubai and it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And uh, sure, there's all these other reasons like easy visa, blah, blah, blah. But we just thought Dubai was kind of fun. And I go with the team to Mexico City. We want to do the next one. We would love to do Mexico City. Nah, that's a good spot. Um, we went to the, I went with the team to, um, um, what was it? It was Mexico City. Yeah. But anyways, I go with the team places and when we have fun places, we're like, oh, we could have a campus here. We want to come here. Mm. We could have come here. Um, you know, we, we want to do one in Arkansas. Um, Why? Well, Benville? Bentonville, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Why? Oh, I can't Because Stevan and Jeff like like Bentonville. They, they visit Can I there. be the in person, in the... The operations? Yeah, of course, bro. Hey, man, you already got a job. No, I'm out. No, bro, don't <laughs> Once Benville you. comes, I'm out. But no, it's funny. It's like, I think we think about things in a way that makes us excited. We don't try to ever pursue the narrative excitement. We don't ever think about like, what would the people think is exciting? You know, mm. we think about that, but like, that's not what drives us. So it's like, the people are never going to tell us to build a campus in Dubai. They will never tell us that. They'll be like, Miami, man. <laughs> Miami, bro. Go to, where's Miami? It's like, Miami, LA, but it's New, like, New York. York. It's yeah. like, I grew up there. I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, things like that. But I don't know. Like, I think we always follow our hearts. The whole team. The whole team is very good at following their hearts and but being logical about it. And that's mm. so hard. It is so hard to do, um, especially when you're at a company that needs to be a big business as well. So is the hard part following your heart or is the hard part also being logical? Yeah, the hard part is not emotionally attaching yourself. Um, and not emotionally attaching yourself to the thing. So it's like understanding that like, yeah, it would be sick to go to Bentonville, but like logically, why does this make sense? Mm. There needs to be reasons. If there's not, then that's a problem. Okay. So, um, so speaking of the audience, we got some uh, audience questions for you. All right, bet. let's go. First one is from Adil. What did you do at TSM? Oh yeah, TSM, Team Solo Mid. My first real job? I guess you could call it that. They didn't pay me though. Did they pay me? I paid a little bit actually. You're talking about the gaming organization? Yeah, Team Solo Mid. Oh, wow. The esports organization. Like yeah. Myth was on it. Myth, yeah. Back, I think Myth's on it now, but back then it was like just League of Legends mainly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was, a, I was a big name in League of Legends analytics back then. What? So, what? Why? Yeah, <laughs> I built a lot of algorithms in, uh, during my time during my time as just doing CS. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can, I can apply this to the game and help people <laughs> make the game better. And eventually coaches started recognizing my stuff and they were like, we want to hire you as an analyst. Wow. So um, you were an analyst for TSM. I wasn't an analyst. Analyst is like, you are the guy who tells the player stuff. I was like the guy helping the analyst with the data. Okay. I was a pretty low on the- You're like a data engineer. I was low on the totem pole. Yeah. When I was, was a, this? Data engineer, I was like, I was like 18. Oh, that's um, sick. Wow. I was like data engineer at my favorite- That's really At the time, sick. it was my favorite company in the world. Really? TSM. It was my favorite company Why? in the world. I was a huge League of Legends fan. Interesting. I was a huge TSM fan. So I remember for me particularly, I was like, I had my plan. I was like, I'm going to make some sick algorithms and TSM is going to hire me. <laughs> um, it's and just it works. Gonna, it's just going to happen. And uh, it may take a year, but like, it took like three months, four months, mm. but um, that's what ended up happening. His follow-up question, what was also, it Also, like by the way, really quick heroes. shout out to Kenny and Evan. Um, initially, it started, the League of Legends stuff started as a side project yeah. with, these, with these guys I met online named Kenny and Evan. Okay. And then that eventually got a little bit swallowed by TSM. So. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, was, it was an interesting path there. So what was it like meeting your heroes and who were they? Meeting my heroes? Oh man, I don't want to badmouth anyone. I really don't. But I definitely met my... Some that's a heroes. crazy thing. No, that's a yeah, crazy way to open way, that answer. Crazy way to yeah, open I'm it, not going to call them out, but Damn. I met my heroes. I met them and it was not fun. They made me very sad oh. and feel bad about myself. Yeah. And I, I think at the time, I don't blame them. They were just busy. They were 
many other people trying to get their attention in both situations. And mm. I was just a kid with another idea. Were those like real celebrities or like? I would say celebrities in the business world. Okay. Yeah, that's so for not, sure. So not celebrities? Oh, no, no, not celebrities. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> clarify that. Yeah, not like, uh, not like DiCaprio level. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, but no, very few were... Uh, we're nice. Mm. I don't know how to say it. And I'm, sh- I don't, I'm sure they're actually nice people, but again, it's hard to be nice to a That's why they say never meet your heroes. Yeah. 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 Never meet your heroes. That's why whenever someone meets me, I try to be nice. He tells them to drop out. But again, you have to remember. <laughs> yeah. Tr- I've, I've got, I'm getting- to only hire from Pakistan. That's what he told me. Oh, that's he told you only yeah. hire from Pakistan. You said, you said, really? why aren't you hiring people from Pakistan? You'll say, no, like, no, no. The views are in Pakistan. The views are in yeah, Pakistan. Yeah. That's what you Make said. content for Pakistan. Pakistan's sick. You bro. know, we told you about this podcast before it launched. You were like, ah, I don't really see it. Yeah, I remember. I still remember. <laughs> you're like, you should market it to Pakistan. And we were like, we just right. love it. Yeah. And then I you be, left. Imagine millions you of like views. asked you like for more content. You like walked yeah, off. Yeah, you asked me and I started talking, then you left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. But again, honestly, when I do these things, it's often out of like, um, I mean, even it's just often out of just shyness. Like, I just don't want to continue. I don't feel like it's my place. Yeah. Um, all the time, people will meet me and I'll just smile and I say, hi. And I'll walk away. It's not because I don't have time for you. It's more just like, I don't know what to do next. Um, what am I supposed to do next? I'm going to walk away and go back to work. Um, nice. Arb. So, Arb. Yeah. That's true. Arb Arb. When they're like eating lunch and he's done eating, he's like, all right, I'm going to go back to work. He just like announces and, he just and, says and leaves. leaves. Like mid-conversation. That's funny. Yeah. I, don't, I don't announce anything. I just, I just do my thing. <laughs> I'm pretty low-key actually as a human. All right. What is your biggest mistake as a founder? Biggest mistake? None, no one large mistake. You could tell out. it's a hiring mistake. It's okay. <laughs> No one large mistake stands out, to be honest with you. They're all medium mistakes. You never what made a big mistakes? mistake? Not one that I regret. The only one that I feel bad about to this day is just, uh, I remember I pivoted from Zip School from live online stream classes. Okay. Where it was like one to many. So it's like thousands of kids could watch one teacher. Yeah. And I pivoted that to uh, 50 teachers. Uh, live, uh, in, uh, live like small classes online. So it's like one teacher, 10 kids. So I do regret that decision because that was a highly emotionally driven decision. Mm. And I, I cringe and I regret that decision. Um, and it worked out, but I always tell people like that was a very, I was just lost in the moment. Mm. I remember I even talked to Furkan and Furkan's like, you're being emotional right now, extremely emotional. Like, do you mm. see that? And I was like, I don't see it, man. And uh, of course, like six months later, Furkan as always is right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I do regret that. Mm. But yeah, that's probably my biggest mistake I have to say. Just because it's a mistake because I made a decision purely off my emotions and it led me nowhere. It actually led me to waste six months of my time. Mm. Wow. What is the differentiator you've seen from people who succeed in build space versus people that don't? The people that succeed are the people that have no preconceived notion of what is wrong or right. They're just random people that come in like 14 year olds that never heard of a startup or like, um, or like 30 year olds that never just want to make music for fun never really heard about how to become a musician in practice. Mm. It's like the people who know very little actually. Um, right. It's always the people who quit that are like, I couldn't figure out how to market, bye. And I'm like, okay, bye. Um, it's like, why do you feel like even marketing is important? Like, did you ask yourself that core question first? Like, is that the problem? So it's like the less you know, the better in this industry, which is the industry of working on the things that you think are cool. We had someone apply to Founders Inc. about six months ago. And so one of the questions we had in our application at the time was, tell us about something you've shipped recently. It was a mom, something 40, 50 years old. She was like, my Amazon package is back home. Um, I don't know if this is a real question. Sorry, lol. I was like, damn. Damn. Refreshing. The fuck? That's pretty interesting. <laughs> 
What's up with this microwave banishment? Microwave ban? Yeah. I don't like microwaves. Like I don't like I don't like the design of them. I don't like their noise. I don't like their shitty buttons. I don't like their closing mm. door noise. Nobody does. We don't have one upstairs. Yeah, we don't it's have just one as upstairs. a product. I don't I don't like stuff in my life that I don't I don't like. I like I want stuff in my life that like makes sense. You're not a toaster guy either. I have a toaster. I don't really use it. Let's I talk didn't about say, your washing I didn't machine. That. I said you're not a toaster guy. Nah. No. Yeah, I, knew I put it. in the oven. I knew it. I had a you feeling. put your clothes in the oven. My clothes? You ever what about your washing machine? A washing machine? Yeah, I have a washing machine. Underwear it's loud. In the oven. It makes noise. Has bad buttons. No, I like. I have a good one. I have a good one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you ever done it? Underwear in the oven? My house is why very empty. That? What do you? Why would you do that? My house is so empty. Wait, wait. You put your underwear in the oven? Yeah, boxes. Yeah. Is that like a thing? Next question. <laughs> what would you tell 14 year old Farza if you had to write him a letter 14 year old Farza man good guy I talk to him sometimes <laughs> tough no seriously if you meditate you can like go back and think about cap, stuff cap cap yeah what would no you no drugs by the way sometimes I meditate for like 45 minutes I can just have conversations with my past self it's pretty pretty That's awesome crazy yeah I literally sit there I talk to 14 year old me for like an hour sometimes and it's not LSD no I'm just do you learn there. anything from him it's usually yeah it's usually him telling me to <laughs> chill out like you're pretty cool man oh really yeah it's him oh, that, he's it's reflecting him, on where you are it's him being like wow you did that that's pretty cool man nah. good stuff and i was like yeah i guess that is pretty cool thanks man huh. um so it's kind of fun but you have this kind of like and again i'm just sitting there meditating right but um i don't know 14 year old me i would just tell him to to i wouldn't tell him anything man i'll just tell him yeah. good job like keep it up um that's really it i think yeah. he i think he's good yeah. yeah, just keep right. it up, man. Good job. Yeah, we're in the McDonald's eating the apple pie. More people could have told 14 of me, good job. That, that would have been good. Not yeah. too much, though. You know, just a little bit. Yeah. You keep bringing up McDonald's. I think we should give context on it. I think it was Stubbin who was like, bro, we don't want built space no, to be no, no, Stanford. It's, it's not that. No, he would go to the McDonald's in his hometown yeah. to work. Um, yeah, that's like my, as we work. That was my main yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. I worked at McDonald's for most of my life. Even in college, McDonald's was like right across where my college was. There was a Y'all didn't amazing. go Starbucks? I don't like Starbucks. Yeah, because I don't really drink coffee. I, I even back then I really didn't really drink. Okay. Nowadays I do drink coffee, but what would you get? You get the apple pie, in a McDonald's, yeah. an apple pie and a water every time. Nice. Yeah, nice. apple pie and water, and then uh, I sit there for eight hours. <laughs> to finish the story because I think it's sick. I think you mentioned about your build space opening too. It was you don't want build space to be like the Stanford of the world. You want it to be more like the McDonald's because you want it to be just accessible to everyone. Yeah, I mean think about it. Like McDonald's is way cooler. Not cooler. It, Stanford it's is way cooler than Stanford. Sta Stanford. No, Stanford's right. very cool. Right. I like what Stanford did. But like if Stanford was more like, if they figured out how to get it to more people, like it would have been even more cool. Yeah. Right? I do think Stanford is cooler than McDonald's though. Like as like a thing. Man, that's that's um, messed up, bro. I'm sorry, bro. Hot but take, yeah, man. It, is, it is a chain. That's a really hot take. But I think if you're able to figure out the cool parts of Stanford and bring it to more others in a scalable way that maintains quality, which is the whole challenge, mm. bro. Imagine you have like the supply chain accuracy, precision of a McDonald's in the education industry. I, like, yeah. holy shit. Like if we do that, I promise you we'll be number one. All right. Promise you. But if we don't, we'll probably flop. We'll see. I'm gonna skip through most of these, but I got two. I got two more for you from the audience questions. Thanks, bro. Hit me. One of them is, you always seem happy. What keeps you up at night? Do I actually seem happy? Generally, yes. No, I've, I've, I've seen you pretty stressed out. Hmm. Uh, I'm not really stressed out actually. What, what, what was the question? What keeps you up at night? Not, not much. Not much. I go to sleep. <laughs> I, go to, I just go to sleep. I, I think a lot about like the shows I watch before I go to bed. When do you have time to watch shows? I watch I watch TV like uh, maybe twice a week. Mm. Twice a week. Yeah, I watch okay. anime twice a yeah, week. Yeah, but don't you wake up sometimes and you just like everything shit. Um, I think that's just you. No, watch, watch. <laughs> it just lasts like 50, I bet it every morning. Yeah. It lasts like maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. I'll like dread. 
Uh, but then like, I'm pretty good at handling my emotions. Like you gotta be like, mm. I can't, I can't ever, if I bring multiple B row, B plus rows in a day, like you have to understand, like I'm solo. Like I, I, it's not how it works. Like you can't just do that. Mm. Um, you can't just bring your B plus day. Like you're, it affects your team. You're, you're their leader. Like, um, so like I have to make sure I bring like A plus plus every single day. Um, so like I know how to like keep myself in check, you know? Mm. Uh, now that being said, I can still, I can still like crumble. Right. But there hasn't been like a major crumbling in a while, like four plus years, you know, wow. to be honest with you. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I've had many crumblings in the past, but like we're good right now, baby. Nice. So so like knock on, knock on wood. And then uh, on a previous podcast, you kind of referenced it now in this episode too. You said that if you talk to someone for 10 minutes, you can generally figure out what their motive is, you know, whether or not they really want to build a billion dollar company. Now you've talked to me a couple of times for like, we had a few conversations at this point. First one was about me dropping out. Now we're kind of, <laughs> now we're here, we're building Fink. Here we are. I'm curious what you think mine or our motivation is for why we're still at Fink or why we're doing this podcast. What your motivation is? Yeah. Um, have fun, talk to cool people. Why not? Have fun, talk to cool people. Like that's most of what we're doing anyways. I talked to Furkan about why he's doing Fink. He's like, it's just to have fun. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, what else are we trying to do here? I don't really trust people that, want to do anything more than that usually. Cause I don't know something, something underlying that. Um, like why do you want to make something that has billions of views? Like why? Like that's not really that natural actually. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Like, I don't understand. Like why would you want that? Like let's go deeper into that. It usually comes down to you want to have fun. Um, so I think you guys, a good answer. you guys want to have fun. This is where you meet cool people. It's social. It's interesting. You get to do good work, high quality work. Uh, you get to push the work uh, in front of an audience of people every week, every day. And um, that's all it really is. Like mm. the work gets better. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why you're still here and you'll keep being here until that ceases to be the case probably. Mm. I hope so. And then mm. our last question to end things off. If you had 15 seconds to say something that gets heard by the entire world, what would that be? Keep it up. You're, you're doing great out there, man. <laughs> keep it up. <laughs> I would just literally say, keep it up. You're doing great out there. Like if I could do that and like it could like echo in everyone's, everyone's head, for like five seconds every morning for seven days straight. If I could take that 15 seconds and I could split it mm. in like three seconds and then split it over like a couple of days and just like really let them know you're, you're doing great, man. Damn, you really microanalyzed the question. I don't Time know. I'm squared billboard coming soon. Again, I'm telling you, like most people don't know that they're doing fine. They're doing good. Yeah. Um, the expectations are stupid. Like narratives are stupid. Um, this is a whole reason I don't like I distance myself so much from the startup world. I don't have, I have very few founder friends. I don't go to any startup events. I don't do any of this stuff. I do almost no podcasts and talks. Why? Almost all related to startups. And I was like, I don't care about startups. I just don't care. Yeah. I don't care about the culture, right? Um, the culture to me is cringe. So it's like, I don't want to be part of the culture. I, want, I don't want to contribute to that culture. Um, so yeah, it's like, uh, I wish more people just knew. You're doing great. Like um, there's no, there's, you can do better, sure. Uh, but I think right now you're doing pretty all right. And I think uh, yeah, as well, like Founders Inc. too, like there's not much of that. I don't know, just like, un, like, I don't know. Some people are just like to a fault like that, you know, where they just want nothing but ambition. They're just pure ambition. I appreciate it, but I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't help, you know. We're going to do a part two of this. If you made it this far, comment McDonald's in the comments. McDonald's. Oh, that's the best comment. Okay, cool. Thanks so much for watching. If you made it this far, like, comment, subscribe. See you next week. Thank I have no idea what I just on. said for an hour. Bye.